Do you feel stuck? Has your podcast stopped gaining new listeners? Do you wish your community was more engaging? I know that a lack of engagement can make you feel like nobody cares about your podcast or nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but in most cases, that's simply not true. It's more likely that your loyal listeners just haven't found you yet. Your artwork, your titles, your descriptions haven't done enough to catch their eye. Now, I'm not here to sell you on an easy button. There will be some work involved, but the first step is to get another experienced set of eyes on your project. It can be difficult to objectively examine and evaluate your own work. So head over to thepodcastersguild.com and book a podcast audit. From there, we can work together to make sure your loyal listeners are able to find your show and understand why this is the show they've been looking for. Join me at thepodcastersguild.com and we'll get started today. Every podcaster should have a website. You've heard me say it before, so I'm not going to try to convince you of that today. Today, I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at my number one choice for a podcast website host. We'll find out how it was made, why it was made, and what's coming up on the horizon. Podcast Better is for you, the podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster, who has a business, a cause, or a hobby that you're passionate about. Each week, we'll take a closer look at the mental, physical, and technical skills necessary to produce a quality show that your fans will want to listen to. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me so that we can podcast better together. Welcome, 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 fellow podcaster, to another episode of Podcast Better. Today, I'm excited to share another behind-the-scenes look at another fantastic company that I personally use for my podcast. I recently had Tom Rossi on episode 69 to talk about my podcast host, Buzzsprout. Now, I want to introduce you to Brendan Mulligan, the founder, owner, and developer behind the podcast website solution known as PodPage. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, my name is Brendan Mulligan. I am the founder of podpage.com, which is a web service for podcasters to make it super easy to build a beautiful, worry-free, very simple website. Uh, prior to that, I have worked uh, at different tech companies. I worked at Google for a while, um, and I've done a bunch of different startups. All Sort of a lot of them are around helping creators focus their efforts on their creative business and less on all of the minutia that comes along with it. That's a great way of explaining things and that it helps explain, I think, why I love PodPage so much. But I guess I want to start out with then, how did you come to the idea or realization that PodPage is something that needed to be made? Uh, it was a weekend project that I built for a friend who had a podcast. About six years ago, I built a, pod a website platform for app developers and a few years before that one for musicians. And I, so I start, I've seen patterns as to why different creators might want or not want a website. And um, I was early last year that I was noticing that a lot of the people I knew who had podcasts, you know, when I'd search them on Google, they would be, I'd be taken to Apple or I'd be taken to Spotify. And it's because they didn't have a site of their own. And then um, I did a little digging and I realized how much information is publicly available about podcasts. Like when you're, uh, if you're doing music, you have to actually get someone to upload all of their music, all their metadata. You have to just, there's so much user generated content they have to input, but with podcasts, it's all 
there in the feed. And so I sort of asked him a favor. I was like, would you mind if I spent a weekend, put something together that was essentially a basic website based on your content? And uh, so we did that. That was, it was early, early last year, I think. And I was shocked on how much I was able to do in a short amount of time because all that content is out there. I mean, not only can you pull in, obviously, like episode names and podcast information and artwork, you can serve up media players based off of the audio files in the uh, in the feed and you because you know what their name is and a lot of times you can find it on iTunes you can also pull in reviews and so I just it was really easy to create a pretty amazing looking website without the the actual podcaster to be involved at all and so that's kind of what got me interested in it the other side of it is I was in the music industry for many years uh, in the rise of and fall of myspace and I watched musicians pour money into building audiences on these platforms. And I think the platforms are amazing. I think it's an incredible thing to be able to create a podcast, put the episode out and have it delivered to all these people's phones or all these different players on these platforms and have to pay for it. But the thing you trade is the entire relationship you have with your podcaster or your podcast audience Mm -hmm. is owned by Apple or Spotify or Google or Spreaker or, you know, whatever the, the player may be. And so, um, that's great when those players are doing what you think they're going to be doing. But with MySpace, when MySpace fell apart, everyone lost their audience. And so a website's just this really simple way to, to be able to collect everyone, your audience into one place, and then you can send them off to the different platforms. But to now have no web presence seems like a huge mistake for any creator. I would agree. Yeah, that's the first thing I tell people when they ask. It's like, well, can I just use like the free website, which isn't actually a website, it's a web page that like Buzzsprout or whatever your host is gives me? Or do I need a separate website? I'm like, well, first of all, what they're giving you isn't a full website. And second mm-hmm. of all, yes, you want to own a space where you can send people and make that your hub. So anytime you have additional content that you want to attach to your podcast, you can do so there. And I think the way you're doing it, it, it just becomes so hassle-free for the the podcaster. It's great. Yeah. I would say that um, I actually approach it a little differently when it comes to the host sites. I think if a podcaster is is saying, can I just use my Buzzsprout or Libsyn or whatever the platform site is? I like it. I like the way it looks. Um, I don't want to do anything else. Can I just use that? If those platforms allow you to put a domain name with it, then I usually say, yeah, use it. That's great. You don't have to do anything else. It's free. If you want customization, if you want to be able to interact with your audience, you probably should get something more complicated. But but just taking the step of buying a domain name and owning the top spot on Google, even though it's powered by your podcast host, is a is a step that a lot of people don't think about. Um, and that's what the remarkable thing around these websites are, is because the you can ask, you can make the search engine optimization so good because it's such clean structured data that. If you buy a domain name that is your podcast name, it's pretty easy to get bumped up to the top, like the number one spot in Google, which is impossible for a lot of businesses. And so whether it's a Buzzsprout page or a pod page or a a WordPress site, like, you know, getting that domain name and having something on the web at your domain name is for me, step one. That's a very fair point. So along the lines of buying a domain name, I know that's one of the major benefits, if not the major benefit of actually starting to pay for pod page because the basic pod page, the very, very basic pod page is absolutely free. Correct. Correct. Is it always going to be that way? You think? Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll change that. That's kind of been, it's actually, uh, when I launched it, it kind of wasn't free. The, the free site was in, I think I can't remember what I called it, but it was in preview mode. 
so you could use it, you could edit it, but it had a big ass banner that said like preview mode on the, on the front <laughs> of it. And, um, and that's just because I didn't think anyone would ever want to use the podpage.com slash pod na- podcast name as sure. an actual website. And a bunch of people said, no, actually for me, for what I have right now, that's, that's what I would like to use. And so I turned it into sort of an actual plan. So yeah, the, that basic functionality will be there for a long time. It's, it's really helpful for people who just, who don't need the domain name. What I generally tell people is, you know, you're not going to get that number one spot on Google using the pod page domain because Google looks at authority and says, all right, well, if there's an authority about this specific podcast, is it going to be a pod page domain or is it going to be Apple? And so it will usually say one of the big names, but if you put your own domain on it, that's how you can jump the list. Good to know. Talking about plans then, what other plans do you offer? So there's sort of a basic, the basic plan is, um, is sort of one step beyond what a podcast host might might have. Uh, it's got all your episodes. Uh, it's got a, a homepage you can customize. You can do tons of color customizations. You can make it feel a lot more like your brand, um, but it's at the pod page domain. So that's the free, the free plan. Mm-hmm. Basic is essentially taking that website and adding a domain to it. So you, again, it's, it's just a little, it's more customizable visually than a lot of podcast hosts. Um, and it's at your domain. It's well optimized for search. It'll be jumped to the top of Google. If you have somewhat of a unique podcast name, I was talking to someone the other day whose podcast I think is called augmented podcast. And it was, it's going to be very hard for them to get to the top, the top spot on Google. Cause those two words are used in so many different ways sure. um, together and apart, but that's what the the basic plan gets. Uh, the, and I'm sure there's a bunch of features I'm thinking I'm forgetting about, but um, the pro is what most people use the mm-hmm. vast, vast majority of users. The pro, uh, the way I think about it is if you want, if you want just a fully featured website, the pro is the way to go. So when you have, and that's, if you pay for a year in advance, it's about 15 bucks a month. And uh, you get not only all of your content up to date, automatically, fully customizable, all the stuff you get with basic, but you also get about five different ways to interact with your audience. So they can leave a voicemail, they can write you through a contact form, they can comment on your your blog posts or your episode pages. Uh, there's one other that I can't remember. We import all your reviews from Apple and make it really easily tweetable, really nice uh, pages for every one of them. Um, you can maintain a whole blog. So outside of your episode pages, you can also um, write blog entries. You can create custom pages. So if you're a podcaster that has a book, you can write a whole part. You know, you can have a whole page dedicated to your book or your coaching class or whatever. There's a donation page. So you can set up like a way for people to donate to you and sort of explain why people should be donating or join your your Patreon or your Supercast. I mean, I can probably talk for another 10 or 15 minutes. I think I've, I've, I've feature creeped the whole thing to a point. We, the one thing that we're working on right now is, um, and just started seeding it to the community this week was guest management. So we added the, the ability. So, you know, you have a podcast guest on your episode. We import the episode and we import all the metadata. But if you want to, you can set up a whole profile for that guest on the, the website. So they'll have their own profile, their own page, and a list of all the episodes that they've shown shown up on for you. Now you can have the guests themselves. You basically can have them fill out an intake form and pre and fill that out for you. And so, and you can have them schedule a time to be on the podcast. There's, you know, you can add additional surveys and scheduling tools to it, but that's kind of a cool thing that's coming. So it's just like basic is you're going to get the basic website, probably the number one spot on Google. If you have your, if you have a unique um, thing, you get a lot of custom customization, but the pro is kind of where all of the, the features come to life. Yes. And that that's what I use on my site. It, that pro package is everything I want and more. It's one of the few products that I use that every feature you release is something I feel I would actually use. 
<laughs> usually when I get to that like pro level package, it feels like, okay, there's a lot of stuff in here. Is there enough that can justify the price? Whereas here you really tailor everything to the podcaster. And that's mm. something I want to talk about a little bit is how much you've grown and added from a feature standpoint just over the past year. Cause like you said, that pod page is only about a year old, correct? Correct. Yeah. I think it was almost a year ago this week that we opened it up to the public. Okay. And I've only been following for maybe the past three to six months, somewhere in there. And even in that time, you have added so many features. It feels like every month, if not every week, there's something new to talk about with PodPage. And that that's part of the reason I've held off on doing like a full episode about what PodPage is and what PodPage has to offer is because more and more keeps coming. And as soon as I put the episode out, it'd be out of date. Like, I, I, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> but I've seen people comment on this in the Facebook group and such from time to time. You just seem so much more invested in the product than a lot of other product owners that that we've dealt with. Like you're directly there in the Facebook groups, always asking us, what do we want? And then sometimes within 24 hours, you're like, okay, here's here's the solution. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly how that works at your company, but what drives that for you? Why are you so invested in this? At any point in the product process, when you're building something, um, if you're not talking to your customers, you're wasting your time, in my opinion. Uh, unless you have some mass, massive insight, you know, if you come from uh, an industry and you know the solution you need to build, you can go into a bunker and build it. But at some point, you need to start showing it to people, and you can, and you need to start getting feedback. And very, there are definitely examples of people who didn't get user feedback and were super successful. Apple was always sort of pointed at as the one that like they they built the thing that we didn't know we wanted, right? Sure. For for podcast websites, like this isn't rocket science. It's like there's a set of needs that people have and I want to understand what those needs are. Uh, I probably won't. That, I mean, in some ways I'll like introduce something that they, they would think like, oh, I'll, I'll use this. I didn't even think to ask for it. But like, even though you didn't, there were people that did. And so the more engaged with the community and the customer base you are and the more accessible, the more you, the more you get out of them. And so when I launched this, uh, it had almost no features. There was a, a small subset of people that thought it was cool. They would add, you know, request a feature here and there. And then just sort of over the year have slowly, I mean, I consider it slowly, but, but a lot of people think, you know, there's a ton of stuff coming in. But, yeah. you know, just continue to listen and build and listen and build and, and not get too much in my head around, oh, this has to be perfect at launch. Not get too focused on making it super complicated. Like the easier the feature is, the actually the more fun it is for me to build. So that's part of it. It's a it's a tiny team, right? I do a lot of the engineering work and the design work and all that, and then have people help with the support. But I do a lot of the support also. You know, I'm lucky because the some of it is very pro- product based. Like if I ran, there's certain kinds of products that require constant customer support that just lasts forever. Most of our customer support is in the first couple days to weeks. People have questions. Once they get their website set up, it's it's a set it and forget it product. So they kind of it does what it needs to do. And then they come back if they have any other issues, but it makes it really easy to be there to support people and listen to what, what they're, what they're needing. And then sort of, as we do that, we can sort of get a gut on, Oh, if we spent time building guest intake, that's a a feature that would take X amount of time to build. And there's this many people have asked for it. So therefore let's, let's go ahead and do it versus something that might be significantly more complicated. The same amount of people have have asked for. So I don't know. I don't know. probably a longer answer than necessary. I think listening to your customers is really the only thing you can do if you're building a product for them. And um, podcasters are weird. 
as far as a, for a marketing channel, because there's not a, like a, a specific place that they gather right in tech. Sure. Sort of my traditional background is if you, and this is, it's changing, but generally if you want to get a lot of eyeballs, you get uh, a publication called TechCrunch to write about you. That's it. Sure. When I was in music, um, it was a, a blog called Hypebot, right? When you leased a feature, if Hypebot wrote about it, the community learned, community signed up, that was it. There isn't a core central place for podcasting that I have found. I think Pod News is an amazing information source, but I mean, there's what millions of podcasters, and I think Pod News says they have 20,000 subscribers. So they're just, it's harder to get the word out. That being said, like, I think the, the driver behind it all is like, you want the community to tell each other about it. And the way that you get the community to tell each other about it is you just build a great product and stay in, stay engaged with them. So yeah, that's my long answer to how and why I spend so much time talking to the community. And to be frank, it's like the most companies have made, set the bar so low that, you know, I used to stress, I was like, oh, I haven't gotten into customer support and replied to people in like six hours. And I write them, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, it's taken so long. And they're like, surprised to get an email back the same day just because everyone is like this bar is so low so um i've had some of that myself in in some of my other ventures where yeah if i reply within 48 hours sometimes they're impressed and definitely if i reply in under 24 hours i'm like man i i i I saw an email sitting there all day and i did nothing about it i feel bad so i i I get that completely yeah but i i i think you are right. The way to get about it is to get your customers to spread the word because I know myself, I've, I've been telling everybody I know about PodPage. Anytime I see a podcaster and the word website comes up, I'm like, have you heard of PodPage? Like, <laughs> that, that's your answer. Unless you have an existing website, if you have an existing website, I'm going to tell you that, yeah, you probably just add another page onto that site and host your podcast over there. But mm-hmm. If you have zero website, PodPage is the way to go. It's the easiest, the simplest. You can have it set up in five minutes or less, and it's going to update automatically for you. And I mean, that's, I think, what scares a lot of people about making a website, especially something where you're going to want to add new content daily or weekly or whatever like that. I'm like, no, it it does it for you. As long as you structure your podcast correctly and you you have good show notes and stuff, like the content's going to be there on the website automatically. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, you know, people sometimes come to me and say, okay, well, I'm thinking about PodPage uh, versus WordPress versus Squarespace mm-hmm. and sell me. I mean, people have directly said, like, sell me on PodPage. And I usually say, um, if you're willing to waste five minutes, potentially waste five minutes, just try PodPage first. And if, if you are not happy with what you see in five minutes, then don't use it. Because, like, I mean, that's been the goal of just to try to make it that easy. Yeah. Um, and there's also people that come to me and say, oh, I want PodPage, but I, I wish that I could customize this or I wish that, you know, I want to install this plugin or, and I, I think I was writing someone this, um, this, I mean, it's at least once a week, if not several times a week where I say, you should totally go use WordPress. It's an amazing product. It's really hard to use in some ways, mm-hmm. but you seem like someone who cares so much about the details that it's going to be worth learning. That's not the majority of people. And then there's some people that come to me and they're angry because they're like, oh, this doesn't, you know, it, it I like the way that my Buzzsprout page looks. And I'm like, awesome, go use Buzzsprout. This is, that's like, if you don't need the other stuff, don't pay for pod page. Like there's enough as a podcast you have to pay for. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it makes it a little easier also to be able to be totally fine to not be the solution for everyone. <laughs> Cause it's like, 
And generally, if someone goes, takes that five minutes and tries it, they're either going to be the type of person that's like, well, this, I don't want to use anything else because I mean, in, in literally in less than a minute, we have created an actual website you can start sending people to. Yeah. So either that's exciting for someone or they are not impressed and they want something way more complex. And it's like supporting a user like that is a never ending process. And they're always going to be happier, like with something like WordPress. WordPress is a much better solution if you want a pixel perfect website with a million features, both podcasting and not podcasting. It's way better. It's also like, what, 20 years old and it has like thousands of people working on it. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. Use it. <laughs> so it, in terms of competition, have you noticed much in the way of competition, other services like yours? I don't I think at this point, this is a cliche answer, but I don't really think about competition that much. Um, Fair enough. Honestly, like, again, it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Like the, the, every minute I would spend thinking about competition is a minute that I could spend just like in the Facebook group asking people what they want or, you know, responding to emails or working on Podpage. So it hasn't been a big concern. I think the competition that matters, meaning the competition in a user's mind is Podpage versus Squarespace versus WordPress. It's probably the biggest one. Squarespace or Wix or any of those. And it's pretty straightforward. Like I, I do a, a podcast website webinar every once in a while, or when I talk at a conference, I usually present po- the thing about podcast websites. And I I, pres- I like walk through them. Like if you don't need much, use your podcast host. It's free. It's available. Use it as long as you can add a domain name to it. If you want something complicated, use WordPress. If you want something that's like a really easy editing experience and like millions, a ton of templates, and it's just not podcast focused, use Squarespace. Squarespace is a far better, more polished website builder than PodPage, as long as you don't care about all the features that have to do with podcasting. So the competition is like, it really comes down to what the user wants. And so um, there's some smaller people focused on podcast websites and I have no clue how big or successful they are. I just want to keep focusing on like making the users happy. And it seems like when someone in a Facebook group asks about websites, people bring up pod page. So until that changes, I won't, I'm not too concerned. <laughs> that That's a, a fair uh, way to look at it. I think, cause yeah. I, I would agree if, if I'm not the first one to, to answer someone's question about a podcast website, I un- undoubtedly find at least two or three other comments that have already mentioned pod page. So yeah. I, I'm always happy to see that. I will always chime in though and back them up though, because like I said, I love what you're doing here. I use it all the time. I, I use it for all my podcasts now and any future podcasts. I'm sure I will do the same. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a it's a very fun product to build. It's a very fun community to serve, and uh, and I think you know it it allows anything that the the people who are building the tools like me can do to make it so that people who are creating the content can focus on actually creating the content the better, right? So there's some competition. Like if there is competition and people will think that that's easier, I'm like, great, go use that. That's, you know, whatever you, whatever makes it, get your website up, make it easy to update however you want and then get back to work and, fi- and do it, guest interviews. And so the, a lot of the features that you see PodPage add is around that kind of stuff. Like hopefully, again, the guest intake form at the time of re- this recording is not a public feature, but it's being seeded into the Facebook community. But once that comes out, Hopefully it'll make it so people don't have to worry about sending back and forth emails about getting bios and pictures and getting like, it's just so much little detail work. So we'll continue to chip away at that to make it possible just to focus on creating the content. Wonderful. So to, to start wrapping things up here, uh, I mean, you mentioned the guest intake form. Do you have any other insider info that you care to share about what's coming next for PodPage? 
the philosophy that I have used to figure out what to add next is, like I just said, things that seem like easy, annoying tasks that podcasters have to do to run their podcast that are that makes sense to be integrated with a website. So like, you'll never see me building uh, editing software. That's just, that has nothing to do with like, I'm a big fan of a a product knowing what it's good at and just continuing to lean into that as far as possible. Um, I will never be a podcast host. A lot of people come to me and say, oh, we love PodPage. Can you just be my host? I don't have to pay for Buzzsprout or I don't have to pay for Libsyn. And I'm like, no, you pay for the services because they're amazing and they do what they do really, really well. And there's a reason their websites are amazing or not amazing because they're not focused on the website. So like, you know, I think that everything website related is what we'll keep leaning into. Um, some things that we've thought about are we automatically pull in your content from your feed to post on the web. Social networks are on the web too. So should we should we help you get that that information over to social networks? Um, should we make it easy for, you know, some, and a lot of podcast hosts do this. And this is one of the reasons I don't really want to get into it because if the problem has been solved really well, I don't really want to solve it. But there are some best practices that we could potentially help with where your new episode automatically gets syndicated out to different social networks in a certain schedule. And again, the reason that's important for us to do is because then we can drive people back to your actual website. So I've played around with some of those features. We've played around some features around email newsletters. So when you release an episode, we alert your your subscribers. Anytime a whole multi-billion dollar business has already been built for that thing, it scares me to like dabble in it because the email is really hard. You know, it's easy to send an email. It's hard to have it not go to the spam folder. Yes. Um, and so yeah, it's stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff that we go back and forth on as far as the future is like, what could we do that would be relatively straightforward that wouldn't require um, us trying to compete with a billion, like, billion dollar business. An example was people wanted to sell things on PodPage, like sell t-shirts and stuff for, this was the number one feature request for a long time. Shopify is awesome. And it's literally a hundred billion dollar business. So why would we try to like, why am I thinking about, you know, eventually we'd have to figure out tax rates with international shipping. Like that would be a feature that we'd have to build. So, you know, what we ended up building was uh, integration with these different services. So you can ha- build a storefront, you can list your products and you can link out to them. So, you know, that when we evaluate features, we try to evaluate, like, should we really build this or integrate with someone else? The the ones that are sort of on the tip of our curiosity are things around more marketing. I mean, a website's a marketing tool. What else can we do in the marketing space? Can we help you get things to social network? Should we help you send, email your customers or at least super small podcasters, email your customers? So and the pain points we tend to see you're setting up a website so you can you can add your MailChimp form to the website, but that means you have to go set up a MailChimp account and you have to get your form. And it's kind of a pain. It's not that much of a pain, but like for, for someone who, who would be rather figuring out what their content schedule looks like, it is yeah. a pain. For someone so, who's never dabbled in email marketing before and like I said, doesn't even have that, that account set up and doesn't know how to set up an email campaign or anything like that. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit more of a chore. Yeah. And I was just talking to someone uh, a couple of days ago about this, where I was like, if what if we just sent, we gave you a maximum of a hundred subscribers, which is nothing, right? When you're building an email list or maybe a 250 or 500, like enough where it would just get it off your plate for the time being. But if you started growing, you'd have to migrate off over to MailChimp or something like that. And, you know, I kind of feel that way about most of the parts of the product. Like eventually, if, you've, if you're successful, you're probably going to move over to WordPress. I will lose you as a customer if you're successful, but that's great, right? That's a great reason to lose a customer. Yeah. And so as we build feature, like the mailing list feature might be like that too. Let's build something that's great for someone who's just getting started. But as soon as they start building a list and they're sending regular emails, help them get over to ConvertKit or to MailChimp. Once again, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So Brendan, thank you once again for joining me today. Uh, thank you for spending the time. Thank you for creating a good, great product. 
if people want to get in touch with you or find your products or anything else you're doing, uh, feel free to plug whatever you want right now. The easiest thing to do is podpage.com, singular. And then if you want to get in touch with me, there's a button in the bottom right that pops up a little chat window. And if you ask for that to go to me, um, it will either go to me by default if I'm around or can get forwarded to me. So that's the by far the easiest way. And if you're a PodPage user or interested in it, we have a Facebook group. I think it's podpage.com slash community will forward you to the Facebook group. And that's, that is the, the community chatting about features. They help each other with the, the product. They help point out bugs to me and all that. So that's the easiest way. Wonderful. Thank you once again for joining me. And uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Great. Thanks for having me. That's all there is to it. I love how Brendan explained his philosophy. The main purpose of PodPage is to take the easy yet annoying tasks that podcasters have to deal with and automate them or get them off your plate as much as possible. That way you can focus on creating your own content. Once he discovered how much information he could pull from the RSS feed, it was obvious that he could build a website without having to constantly bother the podcast host for more information. In the end, Brendan's ability to fill a need for podcasters without adding any extra workload was a win for everybody. We need more people like Brendan. That's all I got for you today, so we'll talk soon. If you're starting a podcast soon, you're going to need a podcast hosting company. For that, there's only one company I recommend, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has a clean, user-friendly interface. Their system is set up to walk you through every step of the process you need to set up your podcast. But if you ever get stuck, I'm more than happy to help you out. Buzzsprout also has the best customer service I've ever experienced. So even if I'm unable to help, rest assured that your problem will be handled. You can try Buzzsprout free for 90 days to see what it's all about by using my affiliate link. Just go to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. That's thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. If you use that link and choose to upgrade to a paid plan, Buzzsprout will even send you a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid month. It's a win for everybody. Let me know if you have any questions, but head on over to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout today, and I can't wait to see what you create.